BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. It's time to go one-on-one with DP. Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios, here is your host, Derek Pearson. Presented by Beatrice Bakery on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. The autumn wind is a pirate. Blustering in from sea, with a rollicking song he sweeps along, swaggering boisterously. His face is weather-beaten, he wears a hooded sash, with a silver hat about his head, and a bristling black mustache. He growls as he storms the country, a villain big and bold. And the trees all shake and quiver and quake as he robs them of their gold. The autumn wind is a raider, pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. QB coach on. Let's bring in Barry Thompson, Fairfax Football Academy. Academy. BT, what's happening, man? Oh, man, it's all good. I'm about to get on the field here with a Big Ten quarterback, a guy getting ready for the draft, and a sophomore All-American. It couldn't be a better day. Yeah, there's a lot of QB development happening out there, and you have your hands on, you get to watch it up close. Barry, uh, Jay Foreman and I were talking in, 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 in the previous show about the importance – of coaches to players because the coach has to identify what type player he has. We have the guy who uh, will do anything and everything, the guy who uh, – who, who the get-by guy, right? We have the guy who doesn't believe you 
and the and the and the vision you have for him, and the guy who has a vision for himself that doesn't match the work. So you're working this week with that first group, with guys yeah. who who no matter what is required will put in the work, right? Full in, right? So. Right. I'll ask this of you as a coach. When you're working with individuals, the most important thing has to be, A, their energy, B, their IQ, right? C, right. their approach, and then D, their final mission, like what they're trying to accomplish from all of it. How do you rank those? Which which one's the most important of those? Well, Speaking from a, strictly from a training standpoint, right? You know that's how I make my living. Um, for me, it's really basic. I just need to see that whoever I'm working with is getting better between the time that we work together. That that little thing there tells me all those A, B, C, Ds, and Es, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't need to know, you know, what the talent level is when they start. I just and I explained it to him. I said your your responsibility when you come to me is to get better by the next time I see you. That is by working on things that we work on. A lot of times I'll have them, you know, after take out their phone, take little notes, and ask them to recall what things did we talk about a lot. And I said, okay, those are the things you need to work on. And uh, it's only happened to me, fortunately, I think about three times in about eight years, where someone was coming back to me and I wasn't quite sure that they had gotten better, you know, and one of them really memorable. You'll appreciate this, this kid, he, he would come and he would remember everything that we just did. Sometimes the guys have, you know, they need a little cueing, but he would remember everything, but I couldn't quite tell had he been working on things. And normally I could. So I stopped and I asked him, I said, did you, do anything between last time I saw you? And he said, no. And I remember I was right out nearby high school. We were walking to begin to go work out for the summer day. And I stopped him when he said that. And I said, well, what did you do in this last week? And he started to tell me of all things. He went fishing. And I took the conversation right there. And I said, you know, how, how much you like fishing? And he explained to me, it was a great passion of his, and one day he hoped to be a pro fisherman. And we stopped right there, and we turned that whole conversation around, and we started talking about how there's schools that give scholarships for fishing. That, you know, and then it became like a football recruiting talk, except we were talking about fishing. Um, so I think, and what I do, it's real important uh, to understand: are they serious about what they're doing? And uh, from a coaching standpoint. You know, that's what you want. You want people who care about what what it is they're doing or they care about the team or they care about football. As long as you have that, you can do a lot with individuals. But when you don't have that, whether it's A, B, C, D, or D, right, it's some, it's some iteration of I don't care that much, right? Mm-hmm. And that's a warning sign, and it's tough to, it's tough to get around. Here in Nebraska, and there's several different things going on in, in the quarterback talk tank, right, of being able, one, you lose a record-breaking, record-setting quarterback in Adrian Martinez. Uh, you have Logan Smothers here who flashed in the last game, which was his only opportunity to really flash 
you've got young Torres that's coming in uh, as, a, as a true freshman. Um, and then you've got the transfer portal, which just is just a, 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 a turnstile door with folks coming in, looking in the window, and then walking back out again. You, if it's your program, and or oh, you're running the Nebraska program, one, how comfortable are you with Logan Smothers? Well, I, I like Logan. You know, I saw his high school tape. Again, with quarterback, I think it's extremely important that you're asking them to do things that they're really good at. It sounds really simple, but I think that's really important. So the big question is, isn't who's the quarterback or who's in the portal. The big question is, is, is Coach Whipple? You know, what is he – what is he looking for, and what is he going to ask those quarterbacks to do? Then once he asks them to do it, then the alpha has to emerge. There's got to be somebody who devours that information and devours the work. Um, Kenny Pickett didn't happen by accident. Kenny was an Elite 11 kid. Um, Kenny, uh, you know, through social media, I know the guy that he works with, and you could see Kenny constantly working on the small parts of his game. And so the question is, is once Coach Whipple says, hey, this is what we're doing, this we're running, who, who steps up and devours that information? And who begins to, like I said in the training thing, who makes it their mission to get better each time that they're, they're taking the feeler when they wake up? That's the quarterback that you want and oftentimes if people really think about it it isn't it isn't the six foot four 230 pound guy right it can be but Mm -hmm. it's not you know you look across the league and there are a lot of quarterbacks that are under six two right so what's the difference it's not physical ability it is it is that person's willingness and desire to wake up every day and to be better than when they, you know, when they lay down to be better at the end of the day than they were. And, you know, there just aren't that many human beings out there like that, especially at that level. So names and ability and this and that, I'm just looking for the guy that's going to bite on what Coach Whipple's putting down. Do, Do we know what Whipple is going to want to do like based on, I mean, all the places he's been, he's been in different places, run dis- different systems. What's core? Like, what's the most important thing for him coming into Scott Frost's program? Well, when a guy's had that much success all over, you, you know, and he, and it's at different levels. So, from the outside, never having met him, there's a couple things that you can assume about him. Is one, he whatever he's teaching, it's relatively simple. And it's clear and it's purposeful. Because you look at from the FCS level to the pro level, it's all been effective. So he has a way of simplifying things and making it clear and repeatable for quarterbacks. Uh, that's something that I think you can take from the outside. Two, he's got to be a pretty good teacher, or he's a he's a real good eliminator of guys that won't help him. Right? It's one or the other. He's a great teacher, or he just eliminates guys that aren't going to help him. You know what I mean? And at the college level, you know, coaches won't say that very much, but that's one of their big missions when they come in. 
get rid of guys who can't help them win. Mm. Right? So it's one or the other. <laughs> but I do know that what he's teaching at its core, it's got to be simple and it's clear. It's not a it's not a thousand page playbook. It's not. The other thing that about him having success is that he he's able to adapt what he has or what he wants to do to the the abilities of the quarterback he's working with. Because although he's had all the success, it's not like he's had 12 draft picks, right? Right. So those are guys with different abilities, and he found a way to kind of help them be effective. So those are the two things I know from the outside. But even though that sounds great, the fact still remains. Somebody's got to get clear, and and somebody's got to get it really consistent at doing it and executing it. We're talking to Barry Thompson, QB coach, uh, Fairfax Football Academy. And, Barry, this you, you've you been in spaces where you had to go in and get high-level players to learn new verbiage, learn new new combinations, et cetera, on a short plank. Like, you, it had to be done. Uh, you'd get them on Thursday, and by Saturday they had to be functioning um, as, a, as a group. Uh, under new language and new route combinations. So I get frustrated when I hear, well, we haven't had time to develop receivers or we haven't had time to develop quarterbacks. No, we can get the base level, fully functional offenses put together in a matter of hours. Why is it that a program would have the problem in developing or getting quarterbacks or skill position players on the field and under the same language and, un- and with full understanding after 18 months, two years. It's some combination of the opposite of what I just said. It's, it's not clear. It's not uh, consistent. Um, and I don't mean that's purposeful. You know, sometimes guys in all coaches know that they should keep it simple. They, every coach will tell you that they they know that they they know keep it simple you know get the players to play fast we don't want them to think we want them to wreck every coach knows that but then what happens I think my observation is that in being simple you you also want to be complete and that's where I think things go off the rails is that somebody's definition of completeness starts to expand and expand and expand and expand and expand because they want to cover all these different situations. They just have a different way of, of kind of, and before they know it, right, you've got this this very large toolbox of what was supposed to be simple. When you're able to keep it simple and be complete, right, then that's it. And I think the thing about simple and complete is that at some point, whatever you're doing has to allow room for the players to kind of take over. It sets a platform that they can understand, a structure that they can understand. And then at that point, the kids are really smart. And football players, good football players are really smart. And then they'll start to come and tell you things that they're seeing on the field. And then there's where the, the kind of adjustments come in. But that, that central core, um, ideally, is simple. It's malleable. It's adjustable. But it's it's that. You know, we've, we've talked a lot about my basketball coaching experience and you know when we taught the read and rack i don't know seven years ago eight however many years ago it was if you remember it was taught in layers Mm -hmm. and that it had in that system a way to test 
whether your players really understood the layer before you moved on to next, which I thought was really cool. And you know that we had some very talented teams that couldn't get beyond layer three. Right. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, they were good players, but the players are telling you like this, this, sudden, we don't as a unit, we don't do this very well. And so you remember, we just stopped, even though there was a lot of sexy stuff that was beyond layer three, you know, and stuff that we knew that, you know, big boys do and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> This group was constantly telling us, no, nah, no, nah, we, we're going to live right here. And, and then they made it work. And uh, I think on some level, when you talk to the very best coaches, you know, that, that's where they get to and how they get there. Um, you know, they, they just do. They just do. I, I, as I said, example, I'm firing off three, four coaches in my head who that's how they operate. They, they just kind of understand what the essence is. They, they're clear and concise when they can teach it. They're consistent in reinforcing the rules of what they're doing. And then they all, they, you know, they, there's time, and that allows these players to become, it allows the players to increase their IQ. And then there's a flexibility in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, we can do that without, you know, running off the rail. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc <laughs> yeah there's a there's a fine line between all of it and jay and i were trying to land on what great coaches do consistently and what great players do consistency and that con- consistently and in programs such as Nebraska's where they currently stand, there is there are a lot of question marks. Like I like to say, you can tell where a program stands by the number of questions that you have about it, right? Right. Full c- right. questions about it. So in removing questions like that, removing questions about what Whipple wants to do, is going to try to do, uh, him communicating at Scott Frost, he's got, Logan Smothers in the building. He's got uh, Christian Harburg in, 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 in the program. He's got Torres coming in. How difficult is the task going to be for those three quarterbacks? Because it's now January, and you don't know where you stand. You don't know what you're going to be running. You don't know. There's no chance. This is People call this the offseason. We call it the improvement season. Improvement season, yeah. right? How much handcuffing is going on by not having this thing fully loaded and locked and saying, "Look, we're going to go with what we got," or we can continually wait for Shane Falco to run through the door? Yeah. So, they. My advice to them is advice that you always give to people, and it's just life advice. You got to focus on the things that you can control. 
right? So we can't control when this information is going to be delivered to me, how it's going to be delivered to me, who's going to come from the portal or not. But every one of them, if you sat them down and looked them in the eye, you say, "Is do you need to get better? Mm-hmm. And the answer is yes. Then yeah. get up and go get better. Go get more athletic, improve your footwork, improve your mechanics, become more accurate. And hell, you know, even though you don't know what information you get, go study some NFL systems or go study, just grab a playbook off a script or something and challenge yourself. They're, they're really not that different. You know, uh, uh, a half-man slide protection or a four-man slide, you know, three down from the mic, two down from the mic. You can call it whatever you want, 300, 200, you know, Louie, Ringo. It doesn't matter. It's still a, it's still a, a three-man slide zone, right? You still have to understand if they're sending from four from one side where you've got three, you know, how do you alert and pick that up? It doesn't matter what you call it. Pass concepts, you know, there, there aren't that many out there. You know, you're going to run some version of Hank. You're going to run stick. You're going to run flat curl. You're going to run post over curl, double post. Uh, you're going to run some dig post combination. You may run some air raid stuff, dig shallow. Call it what you want. Call it bingo cross. Call it dig cross. Call it 82, 72. It doesn't matter. Those are the patterns. How are you reading it? You know, how do you understand rotation of defenses? You know, what are you looking at? Do you understand fronts as it relates to coverage? They can do all of that to avoid of Coach Whipple, you know, giving them a playbook. And that's what I meant. The, the guys that really want this, they go at it a completely different way. And that's why, especially in the NFL, if, and I judge Jake can probably confirm this, if you went into an NFL locker room and just saw the physical disparity in bodies and what bodies look like, <laughs> it wouldn't make it. It wouldn't make any sense to you. Right. <laughs> it would make zero sense to you. But what you do know is that those guys are professionals and they approach their work and their uh, their daily thing a certain way. And it's the same thing at the quarterback position. We're all hung up on these metrics, and uh, you know I've never been a college coach, so they're hung up on those metrics for a reason. But the reality is. When you look across the span of college football, again, at that one position, you know, it goes from 6'7 to 5'9. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what are, we, what are we looking for? What are we asking somebody to do? Uh, can they do it? You know, that at the end of the day, that's the really important stuff. And then once you – let me put it another way. I, I, I talk to my guys this way. You know, I've got guys that are, you know, like I said, I'm on the field in just a few minutes with a guy getting ready for the draft a Big Ten quarterback, and a guy who's a sophomore All-American, mm-hmm. okay? And they all know that when they first entered that quarterback room, there were four guys that were just like them. Bring Torres in. Bring somebody else in. They're all the same guys, height-wise, statistically, and achievement-wise. Okay, so then what? how are you – what's the difference, Right. You know, Torres is going to get up and lift weights. You know, Logan's going to get out and throw. Whoever they bring in does the same thing. What's the difference? How are you going to become the guy? Well, it's from the neck up. And I mean literally the neck up from the time that your eyes open up, right? What are your decisions? What are your choices? How are you managing your time? How are you going about this? Are you in there with the GA? Are you asking the defensive coordinator some questions? I always tell my guys, if you don't understand defense, you know, 
no offense to your offensive corner, go ask the defensive guy. Now, they always have jokes that defensive players aren't very smart, and I joke with my quarterback, and I played defense in college, but I said, you know, go ask them. They have to teach guys that aren't very smart. He can explain it to you. You know, go sit down with them. Yeah, yeah. You know, and last thing, you know, these quarterbacks, and I tell my guys, most of your off-season time should be spent studying defenses. I mean, that's the opponent. Yeah. yeah. Why wouldn't you study it? <laughs> it's, it's not that complicated. There was a lot of conversation this weekend, Barry, about uh, with Herb Street saying the players don't love the game. And, and look, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, look, we spent hours, just hours upon hours with kids who work at this thing at a deep level. So yeah. h- how much truth was in that? Herb, uh, yeah. Listen, this, the, and, he, and he's referring to Kenny Pickett. Right. Right, and that's why he said that they don't love the game. First of all, Kirk, Kirk knows. He knows. He knows the stuff that these guys go through on an 85-man roster, the guys on the back-end roster. He knows all the stuff that they do. Those guys, just so they can be a part of that team. Right? And then there's the front, you know, 53 or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. All the things that those guys are doing. And the guys that are sitting there, First year not getting in, second year not getting in, and you know now he's a redshirt, you know, junior, and he's finally getting his chance. To say that those guys don't love the game, he just—it's not even worth paying attention to. Now, specifically on the end where Kenny made a decision that he didn't want to risk injury and he wanted to get ready for the draft. Here's my feeling, you know. Some of the adults have a problem with the kids making businesses. They don't have a problem with the adults making businesses, (laughs) but they have a problem with the kids. The the guys who are producing the product, they have a problem with them. They don't have a problem with the adults guiding them. They don't have a problem with the adults making the rules. They got a problem with the kids that are producing the product. And that just seems kind of screwed up to me. And, you know, Kenny making his decision, fine, he made a decision. Now, here's the other side. The guy who was getting ready, to, who, who, who was behind Kenny, he and his people were like, man, I'm hoping Kenny doesn't play. Because <laughs> <laughs> that guy, I mean, nothing, against, I'm sure him and Kenny are boys, but he's like, man, if Kenny doesn't play, I'll get my first shot on that. I've been waiting three years for this opportunity. You know, and he called all his people. Kenny's not going to play, and they were all happy. And probably some boys on the team understand how hard he's been working. They were happy for him, you know. And and there's old Kirk Herbstreit saying, you know, they don't love the game. I'm like, I've never met Kirk, but you know. <laughs> yeah, he he reached, he reached, and you know. he reached and missed, and I I, I thought you know. so. All you right, know. BT, before we let you go, what we eat, man. Oh, man, listen, I, I think, look, something really simple. This is, uh, last night, we just had some chicken thighs. They were pan-seared and finished them off in the in the oven. And uh, just tell you what it did with them. Uh, first of all, we did a brine. So some, you can find it. There's a quick chicken brine. Just look up quick chicken brine. You put some water. You put some salt in. You put some herbs if you want. I had a little poultry season mix, you know, thyme and rosemary and, all that, and then about you know three or four cloves of smashed garlic. You put that in a pot, you let it boil, and then once it boils, shut it off, and you put the top on it, 
and you let that cool down. Um, once that's cooled down after 10, you, you kind of pour it over ice to cool it down a little bit more. And then you get a plastic bag, your chicken thighs are in there, or chicken parts are in there, and you pour that brine over the chicken and just let it sit. Now, you can let it sit. You know, you don't want to let it sit too long because usually the, the brines are a little salty, you know, and you don't want to get too salty. All right, so you do that. After a while, you take that stuff out, and you've got to really, in order to get this result, you got to really pat the chicken dry. I mean, like, really let it dry, especially the skin. You want it dry. In the meantime, preheat the oven to about 425, and, and while it's preheating, you stick your cast iron skillet in there so when it comes out, it's smoking hot. Put that on the stove. Take those chicken thighs. Put them skin down. You let them go for about four or five minutes. You'll see around the edge it's just starting to brown. When it happens, flip them over. Stick them in the oven for about another 15. Buddy, let me tell you, juice, moist, crispy, flavorful skin. Had some rice and some Brussels sprouts with it. Made some pan juice out of the what pan gravy what was left. It was good to go. Uh, <laughs> uh. When's the cookbook? <laughs> When's the cookbook, man? It was funny to tell you. My, uh, my wife and I ate, and I, you know, we always ask, I said, how was it? She goes, she looked up, she goes, how come you didn't make more? There you go. There you go. That's when you know. Barry Thompson, thank you, brother, for adding to. You are appreciated, right. sir. Love you. Thank you. Bye-bye, guys. Right. Barry Thompson, Fairfax Football Academy. We'll come back more one-on-one here on 93.7 The Ticket. Download our app by searching 93.7 The Ticket in your app store. You're listening to One-on-One with DP on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.